You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Kevin Myers as he delivers Eternal Ethics. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done people to act on earth like people act in heaven? How would it shape our lives if we were able to reflect heaven? How would it shape the way we view our money? How would it change the way we approach work? How would it mold the way we love others on earth as it is in heaven? So welcome to 12 Stone. Excited to have you here. God has you here for a reason. You are going to learn something that will take you into fresh freedom. And to start us off, I want to introduce you to Lou and Ro Garcia. They are fellow 12 Stoners. And about oh, 15 months ago, they had a moment with Dave Ramsey, that whole Financial Peace University thing. And they were on his radio show. It's on the YouTube. And, and they were paying off and had completed paying off like $117,000 in, in school college debt. And, and in that moment, uh, well, let me, let me just introduce you to him, okay? Let me just play the first 50 seconds, and then I'll talk about it. Check it out. Well done, you guys. Who are your biggest cheerleaders outside your family? Well, I have to say uh, Angelica and Felix. I mean, there's so many. Uh, Angelica and Felix, they uh, went through our FP. We uh, go ahead and, and led an FPU class through oh. our church, through 12 Stone. Oh, cool. And uh, actually contacted uh, Brian Bush. Yeah. I know that we were here today. He's here supporting us. Love it. Uh, like so, Stephen Catherine. Stephen Catherine. And Jennifer and uh, David. Yeah, Jeff and David. Okay. Uh, yeah, so a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of folks out there. Can't name them all. You know? I love it. That's great. Great. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, Three two, two, one. We're debt-free! <laughs> I love it. That's how it's done. All right, across all 12 so we should celebrate with them what they accomplished. One, two, three. Woo! Yeah. Good job, guys. Way to go, Lou and, and Roe. But, but why am I playing their video? What does that have to do with today? See, what changed their lives, literally what transformed them, was that they learned eternal ethics. Eternal ethics. What is eternal ethics? And for that matter, why should you care? Here's why I think you should care. Because a whole bunch of people who even claim to have faith in Christ, like I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I got faith. A whole bunch of people never, never get beyond struggling. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but they're struggling, struggling in priorities, never quite get it right. Struggling in their finances, can't seem to get it right. Struggling in, in how finances carry over into marriage, and never quite get that right. It's just struggling in their sense of contentment and discontentment at the core of their being, because they can never get it right. And, and, that, and that, that constant struggling, I mean, we don't say it this way. It's like, man, I follow Jesus, what's wrong? I got faith. What's wrong? We might not even say this, but we sometimes think, you know, maybe Jesus is a little disappointing. And then in the midst of that, Jesus would step in and say, hey, well, hang on. You're supposed to align your life with eternal ethics. See, this this here is supposed to reorient your life. Jesus taught us, and we've been in this series of conversations around the golden rule. Matthew chapter 7, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And by the way, the golden rule is not the t-shirt a friend of my wife's purchased and sent to her this week. 
hold my halo, I'm about to do unto others as they have done unto me. Okay, that is not the golden rule, but that's a great t-shirt. She probably can't wear that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can, baby. I don't know. That's, that's just funny. Now, now that golden rule uh, grants us an understanding as we've been in this series of, of work ethic and, and relationship ethic. We Remember, we walked through that. And, and last weekend, money ethic. But, but it, it comes together on this, this eternal ethics. And Jesus, in chapter 6, was explaining eternal ethics. He begins by teaching us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how are things happening in heaven? Well, then we, followers of Christ, bring that about on earth. We bring heaven to earth. Listen, prayer is designed to bring heaven to earth. If you're praying, but you're not bringing heaven to earth in the way you live, yeah, praying, it's kind of useless. If, if, it's, if it's not doing what God invited, faith has to transfer in the way you live. That's all the power. And then Jesus goes on, after telling us, bring heaven to earth, he tells us what is at the core of eternal ethics. And it's two questions. Here they are, jot them down in your teaching notes. This is where we're going for the day. Listen, this right here, when this gets missed, everything gets missed, really. What's first and what lasts? Not what's last, but what lasts. What's first and what lasts? Everybody read this with me, loud and proud across all the campuses. Even if you're online, I want you to read these two questions. We know what we're talking about while you're writing down your teaching notes. Here we go. What's first and what lasts? Do it again. What's first and what lasts? What lasts? Oh, but hang on. What's first? Stay with me. If you can't settle those two questions, you don't know how to live. The whole of life is settled in this. What Lou and Ro Garcia settled you see in that video just a moment with Dave Ramsey, uh, the, the substance underneath it is to these questions. In fact, if I could put it in a sentence where we're going to teach from today, I, I, would, I would put the sentence like this. Seek God first and do your part because you're part of what lasts. Write it down. Seek God, what everybody? First. And do your part because you're part of what lasts. This is all I'm going to teach today. Seek God first and do your part because you're part of what lasts. Hey, seek God first. How you seek him matters. Seek God first and then do your part because you're part of what lasts. This right here is, is the essence of this, this eternal ethics. So let's start with the seek God first. Let's get right into it. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus has taught us, bring heaven to earth in the way that you pray. And then in the last 9, 10 verses, he starts unpacking the tangible, financial, material world. And he says to you, hey, don't worry. Listen, listen, don't, don't worry about that whole material world stuff. I mean, everybody does, but don't you. Don't worry about where you live and what you're going to eat and, and, and what you're going to wear. Don't, don't get consumed with worry and anxiety in the material world. Because you have a heavenly father. And he knows all this. And he created the material world. Don't live as if you are fatherless. The rest of the world. Who doesn't believe in God. Well then they're going to worry. Because it's all on them. But it's, not, but it's not all on you. You now have faith in God. Our father. Our what everybody? Father in heaven is intimately involved with you on earth. You now live different than anyone else on earth. Live like you know this. See, when I was growing up, many of you know a pieces of the story that, that my parents divorced when I was in middle school and that had quite an, uh, uh, an unfortunate effect on me. And uh, through middle school and high school, uh, I figured out uh, that dads can leave. And, you know, dad uh, wasn't going to be there for me. And uh, a series of those decisions, he wasn't uh, going to probably provide as well. 
Uh, so uh, by the time I hit uh, 16, 17, I was well aware that uh, I would be providing for myself and then on. And some of you know that uh, my father and I have had a, an estranged relationship for the last 40 years. And on the better side of things, many of you know that uh, this last a year ago, uh, God did something gracious between us and there was forgiveness and restoration. Dad was at our house for Thanksgiving, first time in our whole lives. He met his grandchildren, blah, blah, blah. Yay, God, good for God. But back then, back then, yeah, I know that's all awesome and it is. But, but back then, man, I worried about stuff because I didn't have a father. Stuff my kids don't worry about. I mean, I got a 16-year-old, Jaden. He's, he's not, he's, I'm his dad. I'm with him. I'm for him. I'm providing. I'm solving things for him before he ever gets to them. Quit living spiritually like you don't have a heavenly father. That's what he's saying. The good news is, once you come to faith through Jesus, you have a heavenly father. That ought to like, create a celebration. I know I didn't ramp it up for us, but that ought to create a sense of, oh, that's true. That's who God is. That's what he does. So Jesus is saying, now you don't live like anybody else because you have a father. You, you have faith. You walk with God. Our father in heaven, honored, adored, be your name, meaning that he's first. In fact, he ends Matthew 6 with this statement of who's first. What's first? But seek first. Come on, everybody. But seek what? First. I want to hear that with a little bit of fire because we're going after something here. But seek what? First. Order matters. It doesn't say, but seek the kingdom of God casually whenever you get time, however it plays out in your life. That's not the faith he's talking about. Only one meaningful faith. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. In other words... Seek your father first, put him at the top, the firstness of God, and then all this material stuff that the whole world is consumed with, you don't have to worry about it the way the rest of the world does, because you put God first. Now, clarify. You don't make God first. He is first. You only choose to honor him as first. The firstness of God is already established in heaven. When we say bring heaven to earth, he's first in heaven. He's first everywhere. When you honor him as first on earth, you're agreeing and joining heaven. But you don't make him first. He is first. Revelation 22. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And as soon as you adjust your life and faith to the truth that he's first, it changes all your decisions. And here's the reality. We live in a material world and we make all sorts of decisions in a material world simultaneously knowing that God's supposed to be first and those don't always align in how you make decisions, but they have to change. They have to. See, what Lou and Ro Garcia were navigating is how do you live out your faith in a tangible, material, real world and honor God first and not make decisions that screw all that up? And so part of what I appreciate about them and they're so gracious to let us share their story is that part of their moment with Dave Ramsey, Lou got really honest. In fact, Lou actually went out to have the oil changed on his car and came back with something else instead of just getting an oil change. I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but you're about to catch on. So here's a minute of what happened in this conversation with Dave Ramsey. Check it out. So you shed yourself of all that baggage. Yes. And then game on. Yes. Sort of. Sort of? What happened? Well, what happened was, this is what happened. Oh. Yeah, so we're down to the student loan, and then I decide to go buy a car. Uh-oh. Not just a little car, but like a $50,000 car. Whoa, what was it? What it kind was of car? The new Volkswagen Atlas that we oh, had. Oh, yeah. So, of course, you know, they needed heated seats because it of was course. cold in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So I decided to get the, the premium package. That's it, yeah. So, uh, so of course, I had buyer's remorse. I, you know, it was... Big no-no. So was it up. like you, you you looked in the mirror and said this car was stupid. I got to stop this. Or did she say 
you're stupid, you got to stop this. Well, let's just say Lou's never allowed to take the car for an oil change. (laughs) 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 Because that's what happened. An oil change turned into 50 grand. I love it. That sounds like something I would do. (laughs) Love it. Oh, that's fabulous. Well done. Yeah, so we got a whole new way of looking at money. Now we work together, huh? That's right. That's right. And we all did it together. We all went through it together. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how many people would have the courage to go on Dave Ramsey and say, yeah, I went to get an oil change and I said, well, I might as well buy a brand new car. Now, let's just be honest. We're all materially capable of talking great values and living very poorly in our decision making and undermining the very values we talk about, right? Right? Just a few of us? How many are capable of talking one thing and doing another? So we're clear. Thanks, Lou, for being honest, but we all get it. And we talk God first, but then we make financial decisions that derail it. And what was transforming for Lou and Roe is they said, this is foolish. We're going to have to make God first. And they adjusted their, see what's not on the video with Dave Ramsey, what didn't make it in is that when they made the decision in 2018 to work on being debt free, they made a decision to honor God first. Honor God what? First. They said we, in themselves, as a family, as a couple, as a husband and wife, we need the provision of God, the protection of God, the power of God, the guidance of God. We need the blessing of God. He's got to be first. And so before they ever got debt free, they started honoring God with the first 10%. In honoring God with the first 10%, it picks up that conversation that Jason Berry left off with last week. See, Jason Berry talked about this 10, 10, 80 idea, this 10%, 10%, and 80%. And that last 80%, that's your lifestyle and your taxes and your housing and your cars and your money. That that middle 10%, that's put money in the bank for yourself for emergency fund and for, for, for compound interest and for yourself. But that first 10%, he didn't have time to talk about it. Well, here we are. See, what Roe and Lou did was said, we can't just talk God first. We got to live God first. He even said, I'm going to read his own comments. He said, prior to this, I was a feelings giver. I'd give whatever I felt like giving in the moment, like whatever I might have in my wallet. (laughs) And now they've been honoring God first for the last couple of years. And they, I I didn't ask for this. They they just said, you know, we reflected on it in this last week, and they sent me some notes, kind of hoping I'd pass them on to you, so I'm going to. Here's what they wrote in their email. They said, here's the impact on us. Because we determined to tithe, which is the first 10%, and and return to the Lord through the local church, because we determined to tithe as an act of faith, it helped change our priorities. Our what? Priorities. See, things got reshifted. As soon as you get the first one, if you get the right first first, Everything else falls in place. We finally settled into the truth. God is in control and owns everything. We are stewards of what he has given us, and he is our provider. There's a second thing that they wrote when they sent it. Tithing led us to creating new habits by reprioritizing, which led to sacrifice, which led us to new what, everybody? Gratefulness, and then into a new what? Contentment. Listen, discontentment undermines every financial decision in our life. We're so discontent that the last thing we got doesn't satisfy. We need the next thing. It digs financial holes. We can't honor God first. We're chasing the wrong stuff. We're going to get oil changes and end up with $50,000 cars. And you may say, I'd never do that. Okay, then what's the equivalent number for you? Because it's driven by an, an, uh, an ingratitude and a discontent. That whole settling with God first set in motion a cascading of dominoes for good in our life. Here's, here's another one. Our communication and conversation as a couple have excitement, has excitement uh, when we talk finances because we have positioned ourselves to be able to have a greater impact. Whoa. I mean, this has impacted their marriage so deeply that it took the finances, instead of it being undermining to their marriage, became a strength. And now what do we get to go do together and make a great impact that matters, that lasts? 
Look at this one. Tithing with persistent consistency, and that is a big deal for them. I mean, he did not do it for a season, but has put it in motion, the transformation of our family tree. I thought that was interesting, that how they chose to wear a transformation of our family tree. In other words, not just us, but our daughters and what cascades down, changing the trajectory from where it was headed to leaving a legacy, a what? Legacy of generosity. I mean, there's just a fellow 12-stone couple that wrote this and sent it in. If you want to know the summary of that, here it is. When you put God first, everything changes. I mean, I'd write that down if I were you. When you put God first, everything changes. And why is that? Listen, because a battle rages in all of us for firstness. Stay with me. When we say we have faith, but we put God second, that's not faith. We get lulled into thinking that you can talk God first, but treat God second and still have his favor and blessing. And that's deceived. It's not true. God is first and must be honored as first. It not only changed their financial world, it changed their prayer life, it changed their marriage, it changed their family, it changed their prayer life. I, <laughs> Lou, Lou talked about how here they are aggressively tithing and, and aggressively seeking to pay off debt and shifting things in their life. And then he found out his independent contractor position was canceled. So you think, oh, they had it easy. No wonder. No, if I had their ease, I would have. No, I don't, nobody has it easy. He lost it. Like the, the end of income, end, end of options. Then what? Then what? Listen, his own words in his story. He said, I didn't worry. <laughs> I knew God was first. I just prayed and left it with God. And well... By the end of that day, literally, I ended up getting two contracts that were better than the one I lost. I'm like, wow, I want Lou to pray for me. <laughs> Anybody got anything you want to send Lou? Hey, Lou, uh, I got some. I'd like, wouldn't you love to have God answer that fast? Say yes. Wouldn't you love to have God answer that? Yeah, of course. You know what? Maybe God would say, I'd love to have you trust me that fast. I'd love to have you pray that fast. Rooted in prayer. See, that's God first. In the 21 days of prayer, God awoke something in this church. If you've been paying attention, God first. Rooted in prayer as a people. You're not on your own in this. We're now establishing two anchors. Every Saturday at 8 a.m., we pray together as a church, and then we pray over the weekend. You can be live with us here at Central Campus. Church family, we're praying together. Hundreds of people are joining online if you can't get here at that time. Hundreds of people are joining throughout the day afterwards. They're just going to the YouTube channel and joining in the prayer later in the day before Sunday morning. Listen, rooted in prayer is a God-first activity. You have a heavenly Father, bring heaven to earth. A second anchor to that, we're engaging in worship and prayer times and a unique Friday night gathering. Next one is April 24th. See all this being shaped. Seek God first. Man, Lou, Roe, you guys got that right. And the other half of the sentence, do your part because you're part of what lasts. Now, what lasts? Jesus was answering that question in Matthew chapter 6. And he wrote, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, hang on. He already gets it. Do not store up for yourselves treasures, money. Don't, don't go after stuff on earth. Don't make your life about stuff on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. If he were contemporary, present day, he might say, or where the housing crash of 2008 caves in, or where coronavirus creates enough uncertainty for market downturns. You get it? Like, like, like don't invest as if, how many have ever lost any money in the market or with anything that has happened bad economically anywhere, everywhere? There you go. Okay. So he says, just be aware that you don't have a hold of it. It's not in your control. So he goes on. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Wow, there is something about the way you handle money on earth that gets transferred to treasure in heaven. So store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, God's awakening something in us. And Jesus is doing more than like a casual, hey, I got a thought for you, have an idea. Uh, maybe you might want to just, no, no, he's painting a picture of what lasts. So what lasts? What really matters? What has longevity? What's worth investing in? What are you living for? How are you managing? 
Not just your time and your energy and your talents, but your money. Oh. And Jesus says, lay up treasure in heaven. Now, Jesus is painting a picture here. And Travis Billman and our teaching team and a group, we were, we're sitting together, we were kicking this around. We thought, you know what? We, we got to help paint a picture. So, Travis, uh, bring it on out. Everybody say, hey, Travis. Yeah, hey. Okay, so we came up with an idea yeah. that we hope is helpful yes. uh, to kind of paint a picture, right? So, all right, yeah, thank we you, got, sir. We got uh, uh, 500 big ones, yep. all right, all in the earthly treasure. Okay. First of all. Thank you for entrusting me with your $500. I appreciate it. There you go. And it's all there? So basically, if you're round to the nearest 500, they're all there. So yeah. I don't even know what that means. They're either there or they're not. They're there. They're there. All right. All right. Why are we doing this? I just... Just, it's, I got really? a problem. Chick-fil-A? I got a problem. I got a problem. Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even. All right. So, uh, so we got yeah, earthly treasure. There. We got, we got treasures and, uh, on earth and treasures in heaven. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate and it. I'll take this part and you just have a seat and we'll just kind of move forward. I don't even know what you're saying. We didn't talk about this before I know. either. Take a break. All right. You look tired. <laughs> and uh, I'll go ahead and take this section. And, uh, oh, and we'll move on. I love you, man. Why don't you go take the wing, and if I need you, I'll call you. Okay. Like we'll a, tag team it. Tag team. If yeah. you need a break, I'll be right there. I'll be, it'll be so soon that I'll be with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll be waiting for you. Thanks, Travis. Anyhow, so we have this, like, how do you paint this picture? Because we live right here, and Jesus is saying, everybody gets treasures on earth. Everybody gets treasures on where? Everybody gets this. We get this. Well, yeah, treasure on earth, because after all, It's a material world. Cash, your house, your investments, your car, land, jewelry, stuff. And hang on. If this is all there is, the physical material world, and when we die, there's no, we, we don't have a soul, there's no eternity, there's no heaven, there's no hell, there's no. If this is all there is, if the one with the most toys wins, live for this. I don't blame you. And you know this is the world we live in, right? Tell your neighbor, right? Right? This, listen, you got to know the world you live in because this is what Jesus is talking about. You live in this world and the world is concluded. It's just a material world. There's no spiritual world. There's no God. There's no creator. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no eternity. There's nothing to work for. There's nothing to play. Okay, we get it. The world lives like this. But when you come to faith in Jesus, you now have a father in heaven. You, heaven becomes your dream destination. And by, oh, by the way, you didn't make it happen. We're not at all going to talk like, oh, you buy your way to heaven. That's foolish. Jesus bought your way to heaven. He shed his blood. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He offers forgiveness. You're restored to God the Father through Jesus. You don't make that happen. God made that happen through Jesus. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what Jesus is talking about. But then Jesus interrupts and says, God has to be first, and he'll take care of things on earth, and you have to lay up treasure in heaven. Live like like heaven's your dream destination. And something's wrong when you know you're on earth for maybe 70 years plus or minus, and you're in heaven for 70 million years. It actually never ends. But you live like it's just here. And you talk like it's here, but you live like it's here Monday through Saturday. You live for this Sunday. You talk. You're getting it, aren't you? No wonder we're struggling. It's not one picture. But if you knew you were going to heaven, don't live. See, this is, this is like high school. Don't live like high school is your whole life. I'm not trying to be mean if you're in high school. We all, how many lived like high school was everything? Come on, how many? When you were there, when you were there, liars, liars, liars. Yes, you did. You thought high school was everything. Look, the further you get away, the more uh, irrelevant it was. You know that. But if you're in high school, you just keep living like it's everything. We'll watch. Uh, Listen, earth is like high school. Eternity is like your career and the rest of your life. Live like you know where you're going. Oh, you know what? There are no rewards in heaven. Now, Jesus said, it doesn't, things are all equal and the same in heaven. Go read the Bible. Jesus is the one that said, go lay up treasures in heaven. 
So what, what Lou and, and Ro Garcia started figuring out is, well, we're going to honor God with the first 10%, first fruits. We're going to just start honoring God. We're making God first. He's, every time we get a paycheck, we're just going to honor God with the first 10%. And you know what they're doing? They're laying up treasure in heaven. They're taking this stuff seriously. I mean, I, I, I don't blame them. Good for them. Once you get it, of course you would. This is in their name. Lay up treasures for yourselves in heaven. It's for you. This, you're setting stuff up. By the way, Jason Berry, last week at Pastor Jason, when he was talking about, about compounding interest and all that, and he, he was giving the illustration that, that like if you made $60,000 a year, which is the average American across the U.S., and, and, and then 6000 would be 10%. Well, what if you honored God with the first 10% and you did that for the next 40 years? What would that look like? Just hang on. It, it's every time you got a paycheck, you honor God with first 10%. Well, if you made 60000 it would be 6000 a year. That would be 500 a month. So every, every paycheck, $500. Over 40 years. Now, what kind of interest does God give? I, I don't know what interest he's paying. And I checked the Greek. It's not in there. Uh, look, I know credit card companies are stealing our, our, uh, your money at 19%. God's got to do better than that. So I put God at 20%. Say, God, you can get 20%. I, I just randomly made this up. But here's what I didn't make up, the math. You know, for, if you honored God with $500 a month, if that were your tithe for 40 years, do you know how much money would end up being in your treasure in heaven? $52 Because he multiplies this. Just hang on. Is it literally 52 million American dollars in heaven when you get there? No. It's way bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. This is a small illustration of a large principle. Is it literal, tangible, physical dollars? I don't know. Could be. I doubt it. Why would I need it in heaven? Look, Jesus was in heaven, left heaven, came to earth, and he's telling you all about it. I'd take it seriously. There's something about this we're supposed to know. You lay up treasure in heaven because something breaks and your sense of disconnected, discontent, selfishness that must die or you never really have faith. Marsha and I have been honoring God with first fruits for 37 years of marriage. Every paycheck for 37 years. You know why? Because you can't stop us. Because we're building this. We're impacting the kingdom of God on earth to transform souls, families, and communities. We know what lasts. To the Garcias, it's to do your part. Do your what? Part. God wasn't asking them to give 110%. They don't have to make up for Marsha and I or anybody else. You don't have to. You only give 10%. The first 10%. In other words, if you made $50,000 and you honor God with the first 10%, it'd be $5,000. What if somebody else makes a half a million dollars? They make $500,000 a year. Well, then their tithe would be $50,000. Oh, somebody gives $5,000, somebody gives uh, $50,000. Who gave more? You know what I think the answer is? Neither. I think before God is proportional giving, and I think God says you both gave equally to the kingdom of God. In fact, if anything, there's an argument that the guy who gave... Gal who gave $5,000 gave more, and the one who has half a million has far more to give to the kingdom, and God might ask more of you. Do your part. Because what you're doing is laying up treasure in heaven, because this is in your name, and this is where you spend eternity. There is something about this we're supposed to learn. Now, why did they row and Lou honor God with that number 10%? Where, did that, how, where does that come from? Well, it's a biblical benchmark, and I just want to give you, if you're not familiar with the Old Testament and the New Testament, which is the framework for the teaching, I'm going to give you a quick kind of bird's eye view. So here it is, Old Testament. In the Old Testament law, the law that God gave through Moses to the nation of Israel, which is the forerunner of this, he taught them how to live righteously, and that God owns the first 10% of everything that comes to you because God's the giver. And it's, it's a great injustice that the giver of all good things would be neglected and less than honored with what he's entrusted to you. So, here's what Malachi says. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, says God. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe 
which means the first, the whole, the first, the whole tithe, 10%, not seven, not five, not three, but 10, into the storehouse, modern day, be your local church, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it, room enough to store it. God's saying, listen, I, I got this. I got this whole material world covered. I created it. I get it. I'm your father. Now relax. Honor me first so that you're doing this cooperative. Get your priorities right. Get, get your gratitude right. Get your contentment right. Get the material world right. Get the spiritual world, treasure in heaven, balanced so that you understand treasure on earth, the treasure in heaven. Get this stuff right in your life so you can get the whole of your life right. Listen, God's having a conversation with his children about money and tithe. And Travis thought, Let's try that. So he had a conversation with kids about money and tithe. Check it out. You guys ready to yeah. talk about money? All right. Well, let me start with question number one, okay? What do you think are the strengths and weaknesses of capitalism? Okay. This is going to be rough. Are you guys okay talking about money with me? Let's start with, what is money? Um, it's something that you get from the bank. What do you do with it? Yeah, you spend your money on well, stuff that you really want at the store. I like saving my money so that I can buy more stuff. Yeah, buy, buy guns. Go, oh, okay, guns. His dad is from Texas, so that makes sense. If you guys had $1,000 right now, what would you buy? I love cuddling with skateboards. Same, 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 What's the worst thing you could spend money on? A gun. Oh boy, we're gonna have a problem here. Are you okay? Don't, don't fight her. What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I'll be a mommy. A mommy? I'm gonna have a baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just, just press pause on that. How much money do you think I make? Ten dollars. That's about. That's my net worth. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys know what it means to tithe? Like another person have ten and another person have ten. So people who have ten. Okay. Yeah. What if I said to give a uh, part of your candy back to me? I'd be sad. You'd be sad. I'd be. But mad. I gave you all that candy. You'd be mad. You'd be mad. Tithe is to give me a piece of candy right on top of there. Yep, there it is. No, I'm not doing it. I don't want to. Well, we got a problem here, people. All right, so half of your time. Let's get on. Oh, 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 yeah, <laughs> what have you learned from our discussion today? Um, yes, Jamie. That you buy stuff with your money? Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Now, well, let's thank the kids. Job well done. Appreciate it. Now, Israel had all the same reactions as those kids. Well, honor God first. Well, that'll make me sad <laughs> if I had to give that back. But, I, but God gave it all to you. Yeah. No, you're going to, that'd make me mad. I'm not going to do it. All right, I'll do it. That's the worst decision I ever did. <laughs> See, like all of those decisions... All of those reactions were in Israel, and they're all in this room. No wonder we're struggling. We talk of faith of God first when he's not, and then we wonder why it doesn't work. Of course, real faith means trust. Trust first, kingdom of God, his righteousness. Seek first, lay up treasure in heaven. Oh, but you know what? That's Old Testament, so it doesn't count. All right, so let's move to New Testament. Because New Testament, many say, is all about love. And the Old Testament's about law. Fair enough. Let's talk. Let's do that. I agree. Well, the, the, the New Testament does not say you have to tithe. I, I actually, I agree. It does not. It does not teach you have to tithe. It teaches love in response to God, and the New Testament elevates things in love. The Old Testament defined them in law. The Old Testament is still true. Here's the law. Here's righteousness. And now love 
covers over. It's a whole new level. Okay, great. So let's look at the law. Let's look at the New Testament in light of the law. And the law, it says, do not commit adultery. In the New Testament, it says, do not lust over another person. Which one's more demanding, the law or love? Love. Which one costs more? Love. Old Testament says, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Somebody takes your eye, you take their eye. New Testament says, don't even get angry with each other. Don't even use words that would curse another person. Which one costs more? Which one demands more, law or love? Love. Huh. See, when you start comparing the law to love, love demands more. See, when people say, ah, New Testament doesn't say you have to tithe, I actually agree. I think it's more. I think tithe is the benchmark. It's the beginning. You say, well, why do people tithe? You know what? That's our reason. I think that's why Lou and Rose settled this. In great part because I'm part of what lasts. That's what we're, we're part of what lasts. That Roe and Lou had to settle. You know what? Put God first. Do our part because we're part of what lasts. We're part of the local church, the kingdom of God on earth, bringing heaven to earth. We're part of eternal things. We're part of what lasts, which means we make different decisions in the earthly realm to lay up treasure in heaven. We're part of what lasts. I want to read something. This is from their summary of their story from Lou and Roe. We sold a grill, a fire pit, a chainsaw, a pressure washer, our weightlifting set, clothes, shut down spending, no eating out, no movies, said no to dinner out, even with friends, packed lunch for work, $5 park fees were our fun days for the family, and both girls were involved, and they have tithe, save, give, or tithe, save, and spend jars. Wow. See, the Garcias were not just getting over debt. They were getting over themselves. And you, you can never be about others until you get over yourself. That's what that means. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Means you have to be stingy with yourself to be generous with others. See, as they walked through this and they got to things like the Operation Christmas Child where we do the, those boxes and giveaway they were able to do coming out of that 2018 season, some 50 boxes. Why? They were giving themselves away more and more. It wasn't so they had more. It's so that they can give more. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Listen, we know that without Jesus, people face an eternity. Without the Father, without heaven. I mean, if you don't know Jesus, you have no hope. We're committed to transforming souls, families, and communities as a church. Every time a child, a student, a middle school, a high school, a college student, a man, a woman, a marriage comes to faith in Christ and they're transformed, this is everything. When we give, that's what we give toward. So the reality is you're either on this side wrapped up in treasures on earth and you're building a dynasty, dynasty to yourself that ends on earth. Or you're over here building a legacy with God that has great impact in heaven and on earth. Which one? What are you doing with what God's entrusted to you? After all, when you die, this right here goes to someone else. Listen, when I die, this is mine. When I die, this goes to somebody else. This, this is no longer mine. All I have left is... All, what are you doing? I didn't tap you back. You said this, uh, this goes to someone else, right? <laughs> and I'm not you, right? You want to be, maybe. Yeah, well, so that means I'm someone else. So. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Don't encourage him. It doesn't help at all. Every time you do that, he's like, they want me. They want more of me. Not helpful. Jesus didn't have to deal with this. So when I die treasures on earth is gone. 
That's left to someone else. What did I do? Putting treasure in heaven. Hmm. So we're going to have a moment together like we would do every year or two. The ushers across all the campuses are going to distribute a card. And you're going to make your own decision before God. Lou and, and, and Roe got to make their decision. You get to make yours. What are you going to do with the invitation of God? And when they distribute this card across all the campuses right now, they're distributing the card. Everybody just take one. You don't, you don't have to do this. You, go ahead and take a card. Look at it. You can decide what you want to do with it. But, but I'm going to put it in front of you. We're not, we're, we're not going to miss out on you having the opportunity to join a, a Lou and a row in, the, in this kind of what it means to trust God. In fact, when you get the card, you'll see on the right-hand side, it says, I will trust God. On the left-hand side, it says, I will do my part. And I will trust God on the right-hand side is literally sitting inside verses like Proverbs 3. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the the one who will keep you on track. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first, the what everybody, the first and the best. Your barns will burst with, and, and, and your, your wine vats will brim over. Well, it's just, I trust God first. That's all. And we put some details in here and it's just saying, all right, you got to get started. Like, like Lou and Roe said, all right, we got to get started. For the next 90 days, March, April, May, uh, I will practice trusting the Lord with the tithe by returning the first 10% of each paycheck uh, to you through, through my local church. Let me just pause here and, and say something. If 12 Stone is not your home church, then, then don't give here. If you're just guests, you're passing through. Wherever is your home church, you give there. Listen, if you don't know Jesus and you're spiritually unresolved, look at the card, but don't, don't respond to it. Don't, you don't buy your way to Jesus. He, he purchased your salvation. You go settle faith with Jesus. God doesn't need your money. Church doesn't need your money. What Lou and Roe figured out is they need to honor God. And even when my, my, my son, our third child, uh, moved down to Midtown. You know, he came to faith here. He was discipled here, raised here. I told him, man, go, go check out other churches. Go check out Passion City. Now that you live down there, don't drive all the way up here. Go down there. And he was sending money up here. I said, don't send money up here. Go, if, if Passion City is your local church, you join the vision, you serve in that church, and you give in that church. Don't leech off it. You give right there. We're not trying. The kingdom of God, lay up treasure in heaven where God has placed you. That's, that's how you leverage the tithe. So for your home church, it's right here. And then on the left-hand side, in fact, everybody do this with me. Just the left-hand side, it's a detachable. So you can just roll, and on the count of three, let's undo it at all the campuses. One, two, three. There, we made noise together. This one, the big part, the I, I will trust God, you can put on the fridge. And put it on your, your mirror. Over the next 90 days, you just before the Lord, God, I want to live with you first, and I need a breakthrough. I, I'm a treasures on earth person. I need to become a treasures in heaven. I want the kind of breakthroughs you did in the lives of, of, of Lou and Ro Garcia. Good. And so on this left side, I will do my part. And you either check, I already tithe, them. maybe God's going to say, you know, it needs to be a step beyond that. You don't give past tithe. That's a lot of what he's asked in March and I. Uh, the second check might be, I'll be a box. I will begin or return to tithing. Well, good for you. I mean, that's it. Right now, for many of you, that is a huge decision. Like what Lou and Roe did. Man, that movement to honoring God first, good for you. Some of you, this is so new. You're not even sure you're ready. And, and I just wanted to give you like a, an entry level. I'm not sure yet what percentage I'll give, but I'll uh, begin proportionate and consistent giving. Uh, you know, print, sign. You place this in the offering along with the offering in a moment. And I'm going to get these and I'm going to pray over you. That's a huge decision. There's no casual thing between you and the Lord. Lay up treasure in heaven. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. Campus pastors are going to step up after that, pray for you, receive the offering. But this, oh, this is a huge statement of trust. God, I'm going to honor you first. So what are you going to do with the invitation of God? This is why we sing in the middle of the battle. Because the risen one has already overcome. Let's sing the name of Jesus. Come on. Now the darkness fades into new beginnings. As we lift eyes to a hope beyond. All creation waits with an expectation to declare the reign of the Lord our God. So let's declare it, come on. We will not be moved when the earth is 
There's an empty grave. 